4: All right, hour 2 Sean Hannity show 800 941 Sean our number you want to be a part of the program well for many years i've said on this show that were it not for prime minister benjamin netanyahu there was there was no adult with moral clarity on the world stage that understood the nature of good versus evil and was strong enough to call the world's attention to it He's the longest serving prime minister in the history of Israel, and he's about to. He's on the precipice, I believe, of winning yet again. Anyway, joining us now is a, he's a longtime friend of mine, over 25 years now. Uh, Bibi Netanyahu is with us. He has a brand new book out. It's called My Story. It's on Hannity.com, Amazon.com, now in bookstores uh, everywhere. He's been at the the heart of probably the most difficult national security challenge of any world leader in history. Uh, Mr. Prime Minister, great to have you back. How are you, sir?
5: Wonderful to talk to you Sean, it's good to hear. You.
4: Let's talk a little bit about your early life cuz uh, I don't I'm not sure to the extent people remember or the people maybe don't know. Um you come from a family, you come and you live in a country that has had ever since the UN partition plan was put forth in the 1940s where Ben-Gurion, the prime minister, reaches out his hand in friendliness and neighborliness and the next day Israel is attacked. And you got the 6-day war, and then you've got you know, all, all of this never-ending conflict. Um, tell us about your history with your brother, who you lost at the rate of Antiby, Antiby etc. Go through a little of your family history.
5: Well, uh, my family, my father was, in, was a historian, was involved in helping create the state. And we grew into a generation, my brothers and I, who had to secure the life of the state and ensure its future. Uh, my brothers and I, my two brothers and I, actually joined the elite forces of the israeli army, special units very tiny unit but somehow the three of us uh, got squirreled into it together and my brother then uh, and i was wounded uh, fighting terrorists uh actually rescuing hostages from a hijacked uh, belgian airplane Um, and i was shot and uh, so i left the army after that and went to study at america at mit my brother stayed on and he became the commander of this unit and he led his men in storming the terrorists who held, uh, who held the, um, Jewish hostages and Israeli hostages in Entebbe, Uganda. Uh, they thought uh, that they were safe from Israel's uh, retribution and rescue, and they were wrong. And the, the raid was spectacularly successful. 103 hostages were rescued. Uh, three died. And only one military casualty died, my, my brother, who led the storming party. And that was obviously uh, uh, an enormous uh, uh, tragedy for me, um, not only because I lost a beloved older brother, but because I somehow felt that as long as my older brother Yoni Jonathan was alive, uh, that he would rise to great heights and he would help secure Israel's future. But when he died, I found refuge from inconsolable grief by taking on the battle against terrorism, entering public life, helping uh, turn the tide of opinion in the West against international terrorism and the states to sponsor it. And this eventually led me into political life, um, mm-hmm. and as you said, to become the longest-serving Prime Minister of Israel. And in my book, Bibi, My Story, I, I describe the, this uh, evolution, which uh, involved tragedy, but also triumph. Uh, and it's still, uh, it's still a, a, I have to tell you, in Israeli politics, it's not a, a genteel sport. You know it's it's not for the faint hearted. So we're gonna have elections. By the way, that that
4: is one thing the US and Israel have in common. although I gotta tip my hat to Israel. I don't think they have a more complicated electoral system uh, than any other country on earth to be honest.
5: I strongly disagree with you, and I don't disagree with you on many things. I think our <laughs> political system is horrible. <laughs> but anyway, we're ready. Well, that's, what, uh, that's yeah. what
4: I'm saying. I think you have one of the worst systems on Earth, oh, yeah. no offense.
5: Oh, then we do agree. See, we have another yeah. point of agreement. I agree with yeah. you on that. Let, uh, but, let, let, know, me, a, let me
4: ask you this. Yeah, when Donald Trump comes into office, here you were, and I'd interview you all these years, and you warning the world about radical Islamic terrorism and warning the world about a nuclear-armed Iran— and and you had a hard time building building a coalition that understood the real clear present danger that a nuclear arm iran would would face would, would provide to the world really and and you were the lone voice, voice in the wilderness and all of a sudden donald trump gets elected and something 5 years prior to his election i never would have thought possible is this coalition that i described and that was israel the us Jordan, Egypt, Saudi Arabia, even, the everybody stood together, shared intelligence at a level most people I don't even think were aware of to protect all of the countries against the threat of a, a nuclear armed Iran.
5: Well, I, I think you're right. The change, uh, the great change happened in uh, 2016 in terms of American policy. Because uh, the newly elected president, Donald Trump, said, I'm getting out of this horrible deal, this uh, dangerous Iran deal, and I'm going to uh, reapply uh, crippling sanctions on Iran. Uh, And that that was exactly the policy that I had advocated unsuccessfully to his predecessor, uh, President Obama. Now, I uh, did something else. In 2015, a year before Donald Trump was elected, I went to the U.S. Congress, to a joint session of Congress. And I spoke out against the deal uh, basically challenging the sitting U.S. president. Not an easy thing to do because under any president, Democratic or Republican, the U.S. is our indispensable ally. But when I felt that this deal threatened the very existence of the Jewish state, the very existence of the Jewish people who've been laboring to uh, under the sun for 3,500 3, years, uh, I wouldn't let the Atollas get away with it. So I spoke out against it. And while I was in the, making the speech... Arab leaders uh, from the Gulf secretly contacted my delegation, uh, and they said we want to we want to set up meetings. And that produced meetings before before two thousand and sixteen that eventually uh, blossomed into the Abraham Accords, which are historic, four historic peace agreements that Israel made with the help, indispensable help, of President Trump and his team. So we changed history. we we got the peace, not because we were weak and because we were bending towards Iran, but because we were strong and standing up to Iran. And this made the Arab countries, the United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, uh, Morocco, and Sudan, join the circle of peace. It's peace through strength. And when you have an American president and an Israeli prime minister working in tandem to that goal peace through strength, you actually get both. You get peace and you get strength.
4: The sad thing is history often, too often, has a tendency to repeat itself. And you see that the current U.S. President, Joe Biden, has been pursuing uh, that deal once again as bad as it was the first time. And I'll never forget the words you spoke and the words you uttered in in a number of speeches. But it was either the U.N. speech or the joint session of Congress. I don't recall exactly exactly. But coming to a theater near you, that always stuck with me because that's exactly right. It's not just Israel that is the target of radical Islamists. It is the world that is the target of radical Islamists and this idea of a caliphate and and domination of the world.
5: Well, exactly. And and I think this is the main point. The uh, Islamists and uh, the Iranian Islamists, uh, uh, before anyone else, they call us the small Satan and they call you the great Satan. And they say that, uh, you know, they chant death to Israel, but they also say, uh, chant death to America. So we're in their way. We're in the region. We're preventing them from conquering the region. And we are I'm doing my best and will continue to do my best if I'm elected in a few weeks to prevent Iran from having nuclear weapons. Now, if they have nuclear weapons, understand that they're developing intercontinental ballistic missiles, which are not intended for Israel because they can reach us without that. They're intended for you. And if they, Iran has ballistic missiles tipped with nuclear warheads, they could threaten any American city. Now, do you want that? I don't think so. But, and, and I think the way to, uh, to prevent that is not through a deal that they violate anyway that doesn't mean anything, but through crippling sanctions and a credible military option. And when Iran knows that the U.S. is prepared to, uh, to take those steps they usually go back. And if you're not prepared to uh, to uh, uh, arm yourself both with a, uh, a military option and uh, crippling sanctions, uh, they're going to develop those weapons, and they'll threaten you. And that's not a good place to be. All
4: right, got to take a quick break. We'll come back more with former prime minister, probably soon to be prime minister again, Bibi Netanyahu. His brand-new book is out, B. B. My Story. Amazon.com, Hannity.com. If you want a signed copy, it's BibiMyStory.com. Listen, um, if you believe in the Constitution, our rights, our immigration, foreign policy, gender, marriage, whatever the topic happens to be. Look, these subjects are all part of the political dialogue today. We talk about them often on this show. They're at the heart of so many campaigns this election season. And by the way, what did our founding fathers you ever think what they thought of these issues? We have moved so far away from the founders and their understanding of government you will be surprised by the answers. And our favorite college, Hillsdale College, has the best way to learn about the founders' deep, wise insights into the human condition. And today, you can join Hillsdale professors uh, Thomas West and David Azarad as they explore the thoughts and ideas of America's founders and framers in Hillsdale's newest free online course. And it's free. It doesn't cost you a penny. It's called The Real America Founding a Conversation. So what are you waiting for? Simple. We have a special website and you can go to com. That's S E A N F O R Hillsdale.com and take a look at the trailer and sign up for the course and you're going to love it from our friends at Hillsdale College.
6: All
4: right. We continue with former Israeli and hopefully future Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's new book is out, BB My Story. If you want an autographed copy, we have a special website, BBMyStory.com. So we watch the last election. It's a very close election. And something happened that I never thought would happen, and that is that the Arab coalition that no no ruling party had ever partnered with, in fact partnered with your political adversaries, to form a coalition government, it was destined to collapse. It has since collapsed. And now we're going to have elections once again. Now the polling that I've seen, both private and public, all show that you are headed now for a a victory yet again. Uh, What is the timeline on this?
5: Well, the the election is in about two weeks away. And, you know, I I wish that I could say 100% that you're right. But, you know, I run in every election, uh, which I describe some of them in my book. Some of them are funny. uh, But they're always, uh, you know, they're always sort of knife's edge. uh, And uh, I run as though I'm going to lose, and that way I usually win. But is it guaranteed? No. So I'm, you know, I'm taking out time now in the middle. I'm actually in a gas station while I'm talking to you, headed for uh, a political meeting. Uh, So I run as fast as I can, as hard as I can, because I'm guided by a mission. And the mission is to assure the future and security of the of the Jewish state, actually the security in the future, because security comes first and assures the future. Uh, And uh, and I have tremendous reserves of energy. But the major, major reserves of the, the, the greatest country, uh, uh, help that I have and encouragement is my loving family, my wife and my boys, but also millions in Israel and around the world who have uh, supported me through the tempest of political life uh, in, in this mission because they want to see the Jewish state survive and thrive. And many of them, especially our evangelical supporters, see that as a vindication of the biblical prophecy uh, of the ingathering of the exiles in the promised land, and the success of the Jewish people, which is a success for all of humanity.
4: Let me get your take on. We have been watching now in recent weeks, and and now it's been going on quite a long period of time, and we're seeing great civilian unrest uh, in Iran, and going up against you know a vicious, vile, murdering regime. And people still are taking to the streets, even though thousands are losing their lives in the process. Others are being imprisoned and tortured in the process. But it's not stopping the people of Iran who seem to have had enough. I'm not sure. I don't have the access to intelligence that perhaps you might have. But from the outside looking into me, it looks like the Iranian people are are on the verge of potentially challenging the mullahs in iran that have been in power with their restrictive uh policies and is is there any chance that changes
5: uh yes there is iran is a theological police state the people of iran are showing the men and women of iran are showing tremendous courage tremendous courage and they should be supported wholeheartedly in every possible way the last thing you want to do is give this repressive regime the foremost terrorist uh, regime on earth uh, and uh, the tormentor of its people to give them hundreds of billions of dollars in sanctions relief and a sh- in a in uh, a highway paved with gold to nuclear weapons that is folly more than folly I, I think it's 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 a uh, I would say almost a a lapse of any judgment it is not right okay and dangerous so that's the first thing not to do the second thing is to do everything you can to help them. I have certain ideas of how we can uh, we can bring about a lasting change. Uh, even on the Sean Hannity show that I greatly respect, I want to reserve my thoughts because I may be in office in a couple of weeks, and I may have to implement them, and I'm not sure I want to telegraph to Iran how vulnerable I would advise, they
4: are. I, I would advise you not to, but I'll, I'll tell you this, and I know I speak for many Americans, there will be a lot more confidence in terms of the the hope and the opportunity for peace and stability, peace through strength and stability, if you get back in power. And and I hope the people of Israel are smart enough to understand now what is at stake here. Anyway, the book is called BB My Story, um, and we have a special website set up. If you want to get an autographed copy, you can. It's bbmystory.com. It's also on Amazon.com, Hannity.com and in bookstores everywhere. Uh, Mr. Prime Minister, the many years we've been friends, it's been my great honor. You, I have nothing but the deepest respect for your wisdom, your strength, your moral clarity, and and all the things that the world needs right about now. So I think the timing would be perfect for a massive Likud victory come uh, two weeks from now.
5: <laughs> well, I wish I could tell you to come and vote, but I can't tell you to come and read. You mentioned Amazon. I've just been told that it's number 2 in the world right now which is
4: Actually, I think nice. we saw you at number 1. Yeah, it's in the entire yeah. world. Yes, oh, Mr. Bad. Prime Minister, it's always a pleasure, sir. Thank you for being with us and uh we'll look forward to having you on TV this week as well.
5: Sean, thank you. You're terrific. Thank you and God bless.
4: God bless my friend. 800 is, by the way, the website again if you want an autograph copy bbmystory.com one word bbmystory.com
1: Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport, and me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio Radio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
4: All right, twenty-five now till the top of the hour. We are in Georgia today. We have a special Hannity town hall with Herschel Walker tonight, uh, with special guests that we're not going to tell you about until you tune in tonight. You have to watch. You're going to like the show. Wednesday we will be in doing a town hall in Pennsylvania with Dr. Oz and special guests there as well. Um we've been following this trial of Danchenko and the the one big headline that comes out of this forget about Igor Danchenko. Igor Danchenko was the subsource for Christopher Steele's dossier. That's the dirty Russian disinformation dossier that Hillary Clinton bought and paid for. The most fascinating thing to come out of this, there were probably two things to come out of this that really stand out for me. Number one is now we know, not only did Hillary Clinton leak the dirty, unverified dossier to the media mob that were compliant and they spread the propaganda and the lies and the misinformation, but it went deeper and it went further. We learned uh, at this trial that the FBI went to meet with Christopher Steele going back to early October of 2016 before the election. Now the first FISA application warrant was not even filed until late October of that year against Carter Page, which also gave a backdoor into President Trump's campaign at the time. And they offered in early October Christopher Steele $1 million if he could prove that the dirty dossier was true. So they presented before a FISA court. Andrew McCabe, deputy director of the FBI, had said that if he didn't have the dirty dossier, they never would have gotten a FISA application approved. Never. So then James Comey signed the first three applications and, and other people as well, but the first three. So he signed it and the FBI knew it was unverified. They lied to the FISA court judge. Now, when they eventually got to the subsource or the source for the dirty dossier, it turns out it's Igor Danchenko. And Igor Danchenko ends up telling the FBI, oh, no, 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 none of none of this dossier is true. It's far talk. We, we never expected this to be used in a campaign. And, you know, we never expect people to believe all this stuff. Uh, so what does the FBI do at that point? Do they stop making FISA applications? No, they continue to use the dirty dossier that Christopher Steele couldn't verify, that the source that Christopher Steele used, he couldn't verify it. He debunked it. And yet, what does the FBI do? They put Danchenko on their payroll. I mean, it's like a bounty on Donald Trump's head. You cannot make this up. Anyway, here to weigh, weigh in on all of this, we have Greg Jarrett. Uh, Greg Jarrett, of course, uh, has a great column out today. Uh, you can get it at foxnews.com. The Danchenko trial. Durham exposes how corrupt, the, how corrupt the FBI framed Donald Trump. I can't put it any other way. And there are other things. We're looking for this trial to wrap up uh, later in the week. We'll see what happens. Uh, we're also expecting to hear from FBI whistleblowers. Anyway, Greg Jarrett is back with us, sir. It's always a pleasure. How are you?
3: Oh, I'm well, thanks. You know, what? what is so amazing about this whole thing is that... What's, what's amazing, that I got Hillary
4: through all of that information on the top of my head, and I didn't screw it up. That's amazing, but what,
3: go ahead. You, you were 100% correct. Uh, not only did Hillary Clinton invent the collusion lie to smear Trump, she paid for it. She was funding the dossier, and it worked like this. Hillary crony, Charles Dolan, fed a pack of lies to Igor Danchenko, who fed those lies to Christopher Steele. Now Dolan, Danchenko and Steele all knew uh, that it was completely phony. But the FBI also knew it was phony, uh, but they were so desperate to topple Trump that they dangled this $1 million dollar reward. Uh, if he would only corroborate the dossier with backup lies. I mean, that's the equivalent, Sean, of a bounty on the head of Donald Trump. It's a financial incentive uh, to lie even more. Uh, And, you know, I had to laugh the other day. I'm watching an NBC News reporter, a national audience, say, oh, now bear in mind, everyone, that the FBI never used the dossier in their investigation." I mean, what a blatant lie. Of course they did. Uh, that reporter obviously never read the affidavits to the warrants for the uh, FISA court, in which they lawlessly and intrusively spied on, on Carter Page. And they cited the dossier as the basis uh, for their request to spy. Uh, you know, and they said to the court, lying to the court, oh, the dossier is credible. They knew it was a lie. And they said, uh, Christopher Steele's reliable, leaving out the fact that they'd fired Steele for lying to the FBI and finally kicked him off the payroll because he was unreliable. How it is that James Comey and others have managed to escape prosecution uh, for perjury and contempt of court for defrauding the FISA court is beyond me.
4: Is there any way that that any credible way that James Comey would make the argument, well, this is just what I was told. I, d- I didn't know this to be true, but this is what my team told me, and therefore uh, I assumed it was verified. That's the only reason why I signed it. Now, if you remember, there was an interesting ex- exchange, I guess, in the last year and a half with Lindsey Graham and James Comey, and he went through a list of all these people, the, Sally Yates and all these other people, Rod Rosenstein. Knowing what you know now, would you have signed off on the FISA application? Each and every one of them said no, but it took them getting caught red handed for them to get there. But the reality is there was no way on earth they could have believed any of this in the dossier, and there was no verification even possible. Now, it became the bulk of information that was used by the FBI. So they purposefully, willingly conspired with the purpose, I would argue, of, of influencing an election to... Frame Donald Trump, and they've all gotten away with it, Greg. That's the problem. I don't. I, I probably yeah. the statute of limitations have, have passed by this point.
3: Oh, it, it, they have. And you know, Comey said, "Oh gosh, I relied on the work of others." No, uh, look at the affidavit. It's he swears under penalty of perjury. He's read it, understands it, uh, and and stands behind it 100%. He should have been prosecuted for perjury and contempt of court. Uh, But it's even worse than that. Not only was Comey a participant in spreading secretly uh, to the public that the dossier was credible, he sat there silently as the media, once it was published, uh, kept insisting for a year and a half that the dossier was true, as Comey knew that it was not untrue. He didn't tell the truth to the public. He had absolute exculpatory evidence that Trump was innocent, but he deprived Congress, the public, and the media from those very salient facts uh, because he wanted to convict Trump in the court of public opinion and his witting accessories with the Trump-hating mainstream media.
4: Now, it's fascinating to me, now that we know all this, Republicans are calling for, like, a church-like committee, to weed out the corruption that has now taken place with within the intelligence community and the FBI, the Department of Justice, et cetera, uh, I think the time has probably probably come for that. And because oh, Christopher yeah. Ray has shown no desire to clean up his own department. It should be the world's premier law enforcement agency. It is not. If anything, they just there seems to be retribution, anger against anybody that exposes this truth. Um, You can't tell me that Christopher Ray doesn't acknowledge, know, uh, every aspect of this. What is it? They just they figure they're in control of things so they don't have to worry about being investigated.
3: All Christopher Ray cares about is himself, uh, his own job. He's preoccupied with covering up the misconduct uh, by the FBI. He's lifted not a finger to clean up his cesspool of an agency. And, you know, as I say in today's column, you can read it on Fox or my own website, the FBI needs to be torn apart, deconstructed top to bottom. Rename it uh, for all I care, but it needs to be reconstituted into a new agency that actually adheres to the original principles of a neutral, apolitical law enforcement agency dedicated to upholding the law. Uh, you know, it, it, right now it's the Federal Bureau of Corruption and incompetence. Uh, and you know when the law enforcers uh, become the lawbreakers, all that does, Sean, is breed contempt by everybody for the law. It threatens democracy and reverence for the rule of law is lost. So Christopher Ray so, needs
4: to. So let go. me ask you that. So Danchenko, they knew was lying. They knew from the beginning. And then when he as the subsource, when he was interviewed by the FBI, told them it was he told them at that point the truth. And he was rewarded for telling them the truth by by working for the FBI and getting paid by the FBI when the FBI knew that none of this was true. So they basically were paying him to lie or were they paying him to control him?
3: Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, they asked him to dig up dirt. They paid him more than two hundred thousand dollars in U.S. taxpayer money over three years as a confidential informant. What was he supposed to do? Dig up uh, even more dirt on on Donald Trump? But he, but it was also shut up money, Sean. I mean, they were paying the guy uh, not to tell the American public or Congress the truth that the dossier was phony. So. You know, Danchenko, we know he was hard up for money, would do anything for cash. He kept mum uh, that the dossier was bogus. And, you know, it's really hard to believe that the FBI would not only hire but pay more than $200,000 to a guy that the Bureau had already investigated as a counterintelligence threat who was a threat to national security. They they thought this guy was
4: a spy. so what is the big lie that they, they brought up in trial that they think was so devastating when when they, he told them the truth about the dossier and yeah. for telling the truth he gets paid money and gets put on the payroll and, and now they're upset that he's lying?
3: Yeah, the big lie was he was, he was covering up where he got some of his, of his lies from. He, you know, he admitted, okay, it's all a lie. It was all made up. It was all bogus. Which the FBI had already confirmed months earlier. Uh, but he lied to them when they said, Well, did you get this from Charles Dolan, Hillary's crony? And he said, Oh, no, oh, no. Never uh, communicated with him, never talked with him. In fact, he did, and the documents show it. And Dolan took the witness stand the trial and they're trying to say, Yeah, I, I fed a bunch of uh, embellishments, he called it. No, they were lies. Um, but uh, so that's that's one of the lies. Uh, so, so the FBI didn't want Hillary exposed and Danchenko didn't want Hillary exposed. So, th- so they all agreed to this lie and they paid him uh, to maintain the lie.
4: All right, quick break. We'll come back more with Greg Jarrett uh, and the latest on the Danchenko trial. 800-941-SEAN. Our number, if you want to be a part of the program, we'll look at our pollsters and these important Senate races. We're in Georgia. We have a town hall with Herschel Walker and a number of special guests. Nine Eastern tonight on Fox News. Uh Anyway, look, I know these are tough economic times. You've got to do everything possible to, to mitigate the damage of Biden inflation, Biden gas prices, Biden's recession. And that's where our friends at AmericanFinancing.net come in. And I always appreciate hearing from all of you when it comes to our show's sponsors. And I've got another recent story that I want to share with you about AmericanFinancing.net. One of our listeners just used his home equity to pay off four credit cards, and American Financing was able to save him $735 a month in the process uh, those monthly savings and the ability to get out of debt uh, is a pretty d- darn good possibility in these tough economic times. And it may be possible for you, too. And that's why I'm urging you to take advantage of their free, no pressure, no obligation, mortgage review, uh, debt consolidation review, finance review. Talk to the professionals at AmericanFinancing.net. No obligation, no pressure at all. They're waiting to take your call and help you out and see how much money they can save you every month. 866-615-9200. 866-615-9200. On the web, it's AmericanFinancing.net. I right, we continue with Greg Jarrett now, our discussion of the final days here of the uh, Igor Danchenko trial. You know, it's an amazing chapter in American history. And because the FBI has not shown any willingness to clean up the act, we expect we're going to have anywhere between 20, 30, maybe even more by the time all is said and done, FBI whistleblowers that have come forward to the likes of Charles Grassley, Ron Johnson, uh, Jim Jordan, in the House, all wanting to tell their story how the FBI has been politicized and the Department of Justice has been weaponized. Uh, interestingly, the day after Jim Jordan was talking to me about this on my television show, uh, all of a sudden, Merrick Garland put out a memorandum, a reminder uh, that if you work for the DOJ, if you remember the FBI, you are not allowed to talk to members of Congress, which, correct me if I'm wrong, Greg Jarrett, would contradict whistleblower protections and laws that we have uh, for federal employees. We have about 30 seconds.
3: Yeah, I mean, Garland is violating the law by telling his employees they can't talk to Congress when, in fact, Congress passed a law saying you can and must talk to us when you find evidence of wrongdoing within your agency. Uh, So, you know, once again, another example of the contempt for the law that Merrick Garland has when he's not treating concerned parents as domestic terrorists and refusing to protect Supreme Court justices who are being threatened outside their homes. You know, he is uh, threatening his own employees who are protected by law. Merrick Garland is the equal disgrace well. to Christopher Ray.
4: All right, Greg Jarrett, great column. You can get it at com or foxnews.com. Always great to talk to you, Greg. Uh, always very informative. This is a sad chapter. If America doesn't get this right, we will never have equal justice or equal application of our laws again.
2: More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia.
3: He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael.